We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast, the Thursday edition. Another weekend is almost here. It's a long weekend, Labor Day weekend for most of us anyway, I hope. I am one half of your Thursday crew, Jason Perrone. You can find me, of course, here on the Pack-A-Day podcast every Thursday. I also do the Quick Slants podcast over at Game On Wisconsin. I'm on Twitter, slash X, at Jason Perrone. With me, as always, of Packer Report is Mark Eckel. Mark, busy week for the Green Bay Packers. And Packers and every other team, and then the the busyness just started because, like we had mentioned last week, that because the, the cutdown day came so soon on Tuesday, August 29th, the first game of the season is until for the Packers isn't until September 10th. Right. So it's, it's not like it used to be. Also, where you would cut Tuesday and play Sunday, they got they have there's 12 days between the final cut and the, and your opener. There's there's going to be some like. If you're on the 53 today, don't get don't get too happy because there's going to be some other moves made between now and Sunday. You know, maybe got some guys going on injury reserve, trades might still happen. You know, a bunch of guys were cut. A lot of teams are going to look at some of those guys and think they're better than what they have, and they're going to pick those guys up and cut other guys. It's there's going to be a lot of moves between now and and, and opening day. Yeah, definitely, no doubt. So the cutdowns obviously started on Tuesday. And have the moves have continued on. But before we get to any of that, Mark Eckel, I should say, we have two yeah. Marks here. We we have a guest, and I will let you do the honors to introduce him and thank him so much for being with us. Yeah, joining us tonight is Mark Ross. We had teased this last week that he, that he was coming on. Mark is a former director of college scouting for both the Philadelphia Eagles and the Buffalo Bills. And then most recently, the assistant general manager of the New York Giants, where he won not one, but two Super Bowl rings. I think that's right, right, Mark? Yeah, I got two. It's easy to count. Uh, I, mean, I, know, I know it's a struggle for you, but yeah, one to two. We got it. <laughs> assistant, assistant general manager, right? That was your well, title. vice president, vice president okay. player evaluation. Yep. Okay. You were Jerry Reese's right hand man. Yeah, some would say. Okay. 
Uh, so Mark's joining us, and Mark and I go back a long way. Mark and I go back before most people probably think, well, you know Mark because he worked for the Eagles. Well, that's true, but I knew him. <laughs> I knew him long before that, way, way, way back when he was a a star wide receiver at at Princeton. And but I got to know him even more because, <laughs> and I, I know our young listeners aren't aren't going to be able to understand this, but there was a time when you couldn't get scores of games on your phone, right? You, you, or, uh, or, or any, or you had internet. to wait for the paper, right? Yeah, or you had to wait. But I was I was the paper, so I'm covering <laughs> Princeton, Yale, say right. And Princeton was very. This is during the, this is during Princeton's like heyday. This is when they're winning the league every year, going to the NCAA tournament every year. You know, very good team. So Princeton say Princeton's playing Yale. Well, I need the I need the score of the Penn Harvard game, or I need the score of the Cornell Dartmouth <laughs> game. Well, there was a guy sitting behind me who works in the sports information office that would call Penn or call Dartmouth or call wherever to get me that score. And that happened to be Mark Ross. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark and I go me. back a long, long way. Long time, man. I put a lot of work in for you making those calls. And, yes, you uh, did. Yeah. No, that was a fun time. But as you mentioned, these yeah. young these young people have no clue what no, the heck is going on there where you're sitting at a game. You have no idea what's happening, you know, right down the road. You were at Princeton, you know, 90 miles away at Penn, and you have no clue what the heck's happening unless no, I'm calling call. and getting everyone the score of that game. So when the, the kids say – when the, when the kids say hashtag sources now, Mark Ross, well, you were sources. Original. Yeah, I was the original. The I could have just made up. I could have made up anything and, and <laughs> was giving it to those guys, and they would have went with. We would have believed it. But tell, but but tell Jason and, and our listeners when when you called Dartmouth. Oh yeah, that was the, the Dartmouth. Yeah, 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 Jay Feeler. Jay Feeler, the quarterback, was the guy. We were the counterparts. We were battling over uh, who who had the best information at the game. So yeah, that was cool. We're, we're the VIP. That was that's kind of crazy that. You know, you're you're talking to Jay Fieler, giving scores back and forth, and then yeah, I'm mean, a few years later, you know, five, six, many, many years later, you're in the personnel department of the Eagles and the Bills, and uh, then later with the and he's playing quarterback, and, and he's playing, and the yeah, Dolphins yeah. and everyone else, yeah. And, and that was right after his. That was he was a year ahead of me. He was a senior when I was a junior, and we went up to Dartmouth. And uh, it was for the Ivy League title, man. We were smoking him at halftime. We go in the locker room, come back out, and he throws, I think, three touchdowns in the second half and just completely <laughs> destroys us, and they, they won the title. So, anyway, speaking of, all right, that's a good segue. We're, we're talking about quarterbacks. Jay Fiedler was, had, you know, pretty pretty good NFL, you know, for a guy. He had a good run. He had a good run. He did all right. He took a – Miami gave him some money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, but let's, let's go back to the 2020 NFL draft, which – May go down as a very, very good quarterback draft when it's all said and done. But you had you, and I know this because you and I talked a lot, always around the draft, even now still. But you had Jordan Love highly regarded in that draft, higher than than most people, higher than maybe the, maybe even the Packers had him because, although they I guess they they liked him pretty much too that they traded up for him. But that was Joe Burrow, right? Justin mm-hmm. Herbert, Tua, uh, Love, they were all the first round picks, and then Jalen Hurts went 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 in the second round. But you really liked Jordan Love. Tell, tell us what you liked so much about him when, what, from what you saw at Utah State. Yeah, I had him right up there with, with Justin Herbert as far as his talent-wise and their their potential and what they can do. And I thought he was actually a better player than Justin Herbert was. And the reason why Burrow was in a class by himself, but he was a machine just like he is now. But I love Jordan Love just because – he, you know, to play quarterback, you, you've got to be a playmaker. You have to have great command. You have to have vision and feel, and you have to make plays. And Jordan Love was a big-time playmaker, and 
he raised the level. He, you know, they, everybody talks about his going from his junior season to his senior or, or his senior season and the sophomore to junior, whatever it was, where he threw all those interceptions his last year there. And, you know, it, it, he lost a ton of talent. And quarterbacks have to do things on their own, but the more players, the more talent they have around them, they don't have to do make every play on their own. I, I compare it more to playing quarterback to playing basketball where – if you're a star and you got no the four other dudes on the floor, you got to beat people off the dribble. You got to hit contested threes all the time. That's what Jordan Love had to do. Whereas if you got talent around you, you can get some open layups. You can get some jumpers that are that are free. You can get pick and rolls where it's you make easy shots. He never had that when he you know his last year there. He had to he had to do everything on his own in that offense, and he did it pretty regularly. He made a lot of mistakes, yes, but just the talent you saw, the raw talent combined with his ability to make big-time plays. That's why I really love Jordan Love. So I don't know, Mark, if you've had a chance to watch, because we haven't seen a lot of Jordan Love in game action over the past three years because he just hasn't gotten in. Rodgers was there. So have you gotten any chance to kind of glean his progress from a visual standpoint? Again, I know it's limited sample size. Preseason is what it is. It's different. It's not regular season games. He had the one start in Kansas City in 21. That was not a great showing, even by his own admission. And then he played a little bit against Philadelphia. He did look pretty good last year. Uh, and he's got obviously some practice reps in preseason. Is there anything that you've gleaned from from that? Because you know the the unconventional first round quarterback sitting for three years. I know that's very typical in Green Bay. You know we saw Rodgers do that behind Favre. Mm-hmm. Any more mm-hmm. these days, you don't see it too much. So is there anything that you've you've gathered as as far as as how we should feel or how just some additional insight into how he's looking now compared to three years ago? Yeah, when you when you scout and evaluate any player. You want to see things or flashes of what you saw in college of why you liked them. So the things they did well, and you're like, yes, I see that. That's what he's doing now. You're seeing those glimmers. And when I watch Jordan and I try to watch all his snaps that he takes, as limited as they are, just to see how he's looking, and you see those flashes of, yeah, that's the stuff he did well in college, and he looks like that guy that you saw in college that made plays. Uh you mentioned the Eagles game. If you, that game, he he looked he looked legit in that game for for that short period of time. We'll see how the, the it would have played out for a consistency for a quarterback. That's always key. But as of now, and even watching him in the preseason that he's had, I think he's what his last throw each each game is he's throwing a touchdown, and you know he's looked he's looked legit, and he's shown flashes of yeah that guy has really got it. Now, it's going to be a whole different thing next week when he when he plays in a real game and he has to go do it series after series and game after game. But I think he's built for that, and I think he is has the capability to do that over the long haul and be a really good player. Let me take you back again to, to that draft night, Mark, because I remember uh, you and I texting each other after the pick was made because we were both – and I, I say we were both I, – I listened to you, especially when it comes to – I listen to you for draft stuff all the time, but especially quarterbacks because your track record with quarterbacks has been – been pretty good. You, you you may have missed on one. There's one that stands out in my mind recently. I won't, I won't bring him up. But for the most part, I'll, I'll go back to the draft. I forget when it was Cam Newton's draft. Yep. And yep. Uh, Mark, I remember you were still with. The, I think you were you were with the Giants. Giants. Yeah, I was with the Giants. Yep. Giants. Okay. Yep. And I'm talking Giants. to you about about the quarterbacks, and I'm like, all right. And, and you're telling me, yeah, Cam's number one. He's going to be number one pick. He's the best. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, well, who's next? And you're like. None of them. And I'm like, there got to be somebody. And you're like, no, they all stink. No. Yeah. I'm like, well, well, what about Ponder? No, he stinks. What about Mallet? No, he's even worse. What about this guy? No, he's terrible, too. Playing right. play so, Gap. Uh, playing Gap. Uh, yeah, Jake was. Locker. Jake Locker. Jake Locker, another one. Right. So you're telling me they're all bad. So I I, I believe it. I listen to you. 
and then I do my mock draft. But, I, <laughs> but as I, whenever I did my, before I put my mock draft in the paper, I, I'd always call Mark and say, hey, here's, here, here's what I got. And uh, we go over it and you're like, you didn't put any quarterbacks in it. And I'm like, and, and, and I, so I said, well, you told me that they all stink. He said, they do, but these teams are still going to take them. Yeah. And they did. And they, and you, and they all were bad, right? And yep. you just, but you see that desperation year after year because you have to have one. You, you have to have a quarterback to survive in this league and to compete. And as we've seen it, it's the most important position in sports. Uh, and you have to have it. And that's why teams get desperate. And up till last year's draft, where you create a, uh, we'll see how Anthony Richardson plays out, but a guy who just was not good in college and you, you're betting on the combine results and you're betting on the raw tools and, uh, you know, a guy like, you know, CJ Stroud and any other draft, you know, people were mixed on him, but, you know, was he really with the number two pick in the draft? And uh, just most recently, let's just talk about Trey Lance. And, you know, <laughs> the guy was not good in college. He barely, he didn't have much but it was all the we can create something out of him and we can make him this and that. And guys have to any any position, really, you always mark. I say that you got to know how to play football. It doesn't matter how you run. It doesn't matter how you jump. It doesn't matter what you look like. You have to know how to play football to be a really good football player. Uh, there's, there's very, very, very few guys that just aren't natural football players and just have a super you know, just gifted and don't know how to play that survive and particularly the quarterback position. Uh, but that being said, it's the desperation that you know that that position is so important, and so you're going to try to do everything possible to get one, which leads you to be desperate to make mistakes because you feel like you have to have one. All right, getting back to my love, I, I went I went off the deep end with the with that other with that Newton draft. But, <laughs> but when when Love was like, we, I was watching Jordan Love because you would I was I know how high you were on him, so I was mm -hmm. anxious to see where he went and what team took him, and then. Oh, oh my God, the Packers take him. And I remember we were texting it and we were both a little surprised, but you thought that was a good spot for him that he wouldn't have to come in like Anthony Richardson or CJ and, and play day one, that he could sit for, we didn't know three years, but that he would definitely sit for a little bit behind Aaron Rodgers. So that, that, that might've been a blessing for Jordan Love that, that he wasn't forced to play even in his second year, maybe. Yeah, definitely. I think football-wise, I think it's it was really good for him to just sit and wait and learn and be a pro. You know, it's more to being a, a franchise NFL quarterback than just going out there and playing. You got to handle the media. You got to handle the community. You got to handle the business team. You got to do all of these things. You have to learn how to be a pro. You have to learn how to be the leader of the team. And I think for someone like Jordan Love, it was perfect where he could just sit and just, hey, I, I got some raw skills and tools here, and let me just learn how to be a, a pro at my time. And Okay, and at the same time, learn how to be a really good quarterback and learn from arguably top two, three, whatever, four greatest quarterbacks of all time. Obviously, the off the field stuff threw things a little bit out of whack. And that's, uh, you know, you probably didn't wish he didn't have to deal with all that drama. But <laughs> just as far as just learning how to be a quarterback, I think that was an outstanding situation for him with no pressure. And now it's time where he's not going into his first game sight unseen he's he's gotten into against you mentioned he played against kansas city oh wow he struggled against them really he struggled against the best team in football over the past five years that's that's a shock on the he road. played against philly yeah on the road you know at night like wow really uh and then he played against philly so he's done that he's been in the biggest games you against the best teams you could possibly be you play against and 
uh, now he can just go and he, he understands it all. He feels it all. It should be natural to him now to just go out there and let it go and play. Now, Mark, I don't know how much you w- might know about this, but one of the things that I've had some people ask me is Mike McCarthy was very instrumental in bringing Aaron Rodgers along. When Rodgers came in, you remember this probably as well. His mechanics were not that great. His first couple game experiences that he had back in 05, I think in 05, like it was real bad, right? And Mike McCarthy worked with him and brought him along. Now it's Matt LaFleur that'll work with Jordan Love. And I think a lot of fans want to know, okay, this is Matt LaFleur's first real chance to have to develop a quarterback. He inherited a Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers when he got here, and the team just went out and won 13 games every season. What is your take on Matt LaFleur as far as his ability to work with quarterbacks? I know you may not know him as well, but from what you know and from maybe some people in your circle too, the fans just want to know how, you know how much can we count on Matt LaFleur being able to develop and bring Jordan Love along as he continues to progress as a full-time starter? You know, I, you know he's done a good job as a, as a head coach there. He's won a lot of games, and, but it's really on Jordan Love. I mean, he's just going to massage it. The head coach is just going to massage it a little bit and work on some finer, finer points with, with Jordan, but it, it's all about Jordan. It's, and when I look at quarterbacks and, uh, you know, just the way he'll develop and accept that coaching. And I don't think Matt LaFleur, LaFleur if I get, if I put 10 other coaches there with Jordan, would he do better? I, I don't know. You know, I, I could name 10 other dudes that probably help him out. It's all about Jordan Love and the, the rarity of his skill set and his talent and his ability to develop, but I but I think he isn't he is in an opportune spot has been in an opportune spot where yes Lafleur has coached a Hall of Fame coach a Hall of Fame player quarterback so he knows how to coach those kind of guys and get the most out of them so you know it should be an exciting time for the Packers and to see what this guy's got. Yeah, Mark, let's get that 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 draft that we you know we if Love's draft if if Love does what you and I and a lot of Packer fans hope. But if, if he turn, you know, if he turns out to be a good quarterback, and and you and I were talking earlier about, I think he's. I, there's only two quarterbacks in the NFC today that I would that I would want ahead of him, and I and that's only because I like Dak Prescott. So yeah. Jalen Hurts yeah. and Dak Prescott are the only two that I would really. I mean, you you know, people say Kirk, I don't want Kirk Cousins. I don't want. Kirk <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, they, you, you know what they are. They are what they are, and they're they're not. Kirk Cousins doesn't have any upside left. This is it. This is what he is. Right. Same with Carr. Same with Matt, Matthew Stafford. You know, he won a Super Bowl. God bless him. Had a nice, nice career. But, you know, he's kind of old and banged up now. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would put him third. Like, I really would. So, But anyway, that draft, Burrow, Herbert, Tua, Love, and Hurts, that's, that could be five very, very, I, I mean. You're, if and that's rare. Out, yeah, that's and there, and that's right? rare. Yeah, usually yeah. you got five guys. One is a star. One's okay, and there are three of them bust. Right. So that would be that would be very very rare if all those guys uh, do turn out to pan out to be really good. And, and I agree with you, Mark. We've talked about it that yeah, when you look at the landscape of the NFC, uh, the Eagles are in a class by themselves, and then it's wide open. And especially looking at the quarterbacks, and you mentioned that there's those older guys that have shown you kind of who they are and. You got a bunch of younger guys, the Justin Fields and Bryce Youngs of the world that have to prove it and show that they can do it. Very young dudes. And you got some other bad quarterbacks. So <laughs> it's it's really is, yeah, when you put Jordan Love in the mix and you redraft or whatever and say, okay, for starting my year out or the next couple of years, who would I want? And he'd be right there at the top of that. So as far as the way that the Packers were able to get this contract situation handled, because they, they didn't, 
get the several years of the rookie contract and the, the low quarterback salary to be able to build around. They kept Aaron Rodgers and a lot of things went north, south, east, west, whichever direction you want to, you want to call it. Right. Uh, you know, maybe on another show for another time, we can, we can get your thoughts from, from your former perspective on uh, the, the spring of 2021 and what you would have thought if that, if you were working for the Packers at that time with everything that went down with Aaron Rodgers. But as far as the way that they were able to get this thing done and kind of protect themselves this year, next year, moving into the future and, and I mean, how big of a win from from your side of it and, and from your lens, because you've got a lot more experience than, than all the rest of us, was that for the Packers? Or is this something that you think that, you know, most teams and, and love the player and his agent would have been amenable to? Hello, friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA Finals, and I desperately wanted to go to Game 6 in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane, and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Now thankfully, the day of the game I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used Game Time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using Game Time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the Game Time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat before you buy, you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two clicks only in fact, and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never need to dig through your email. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, I think it worked out definitely great for the Packers, just getting him to sign that one-year extension. Um, and for Jordan, it was almost, you know what? I'm, a, I'm betting on myself. I'm going I'm to crush it. <laughs> That's okay. I'm a, and you don't, you never see this nowadays. You see guys holding out or, or trying to get the most now and not bet on it. This was, to me, looks at, he's like, yeah, I'm going to get this done. Uh, I'm going to take this one-year extension. I'm going to crush it. 
and then I'm going to get paid. And uh, for the Packers, it's it's very safe, you know, for them to get out of it. If this guy's the man, all right, then they're they they know what to do because they've already had to go through it with Aaron. And uh, if not, then they can move on. So I think it kind of was a win more so for the Packers, but a win for Jordan Love saying uh, I'm gonna do this. And I'm going to get paid this time next year. You're going to be talking about a whole different thing. I'm going to, I'm Jason kind of alluded to it a little bit, but I'm, I don't want to go back to 21, but it was a, it's obviously it was the biggest story of the off season. The Packers trading Aaron Rodgers to the jets, you know, <clears throat> hall of fame quarterbacks other than every 15 years in green Bay. Don't get traded too often. You, you were, you watched a quarterback grow old firsthand with the giants. You saw your mm-hmm. skills mm-hmm. diminish to the point where he was benched by Ben McAdoo, and then he got fired for for benching him. But I mean, and I'm not I, I don't I'm I'm not saying Rodgers' skills diminished to the point where Eli Manning's skills had had diminished. But I I think the Packers trading Rodgers and getting what they've got what they got for him. I keep saying like you know Tom Brady left New England and went to Tampa Bay. New England didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning left the Colts, went to the Broncos. The Colts didn't get anything. They just left. They you know for for the Packers to get. You know, a flip flop in the first round, a second round pick, and then probably a first round pick next year for a guy that they they had to get they had to kind of move him along anyway because they wanted Jordan Love to play and he didn't want to be there anymore. I thought the Packers came out looking pretty good with that. I, I agree. At the time, I was on the on air and I thought, you know, they, they crushed it to get what they got uh, for for Aaron. And as you mentioned, you, these kind of guys don't get traded, and um, if they you know, for for them to know, to teams to know, like, hey, he's got to go. But the Jets kind of painted themselves in quarter where they kept the GMs out saying, we got to get this guy. And the owners talk about, we're going to get this guy. So the Packers are sitting there saying, yep, yeah, we'll come get this guy. <laughs> and, and they had to come get him. But, you know, I, I, I don't, I do see, you know, everyone wants Hall of Fame quarterbacks to be Hall of Fame quarterbacks to the last snap that they play, no matter when that is, or even great basketball, what don't matter. And it's the most bizarre sort of feeling that fans have for great players, even though they see all of them decline, even though they see they're never the same, the next one that's up, they think this is going to be the one that's going to be the one that, that changes and going to keep playing to the end. And Brady, Brady was the one that beat Father Time more than anybody. But yeah. Brady may be the greatest athlete of all time of any sport. <laughs> like, stop comparing people to Tom. It's, it's just, it's it's foolish when people do that. And I see you that. You ruined it for everybody. Yeah. And it's not, no one's not, no one's Tom Brady. You know, and as gifted as Aaron Rodgers has been, as talented as he's been, as successful as he's been, you have to look at what he's done the last few years when he they really needed Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers. And he hasn't come through. And up to last year against Detroit, where he didn't come through. And he didn't play well the whole year. And you, you can't blame the O-line. You can't blame receivers. When you watch the mistakes that Aaron Rodgers had last year, they were all, all on Aaron Rodgers. When I studied the film about him, they were on Aaron Rodgers. And then you go to the NFC Championship games where he didn't come through. So, to me, those are clear indicators that this is not the same guy that was at the peak of his career where he won one Super Bowl. So, now he's the he's on the decline and the new team and all this and everyone thinks okay new situation he's just going to be that guy and i i don't see it that way i see it more so going down and this guy is going to go in there and compete against mahomes and herbert and jackson and and burrow and tua and all those guys there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the, the afc that he is yeah, why well, had that so. happen by the way i had, I had all the good quarterback we were just saying before the nfc 
how'd that happen? How did all the good quarterbacks end up in the AFC? Because <laughs> they had a lot of bad teams drafted at the top, but they yeah, lost yeah, the quarterbacks, right. and, they hit, and then they hit on them all. So that, yeah. that's uh, what they kind of lucked into. Yeah, and I, I look at it, too, and I, I have to wonder, Aaron Rodgers, with some of his habits and the way he threw and just the, the things he expected of his receivers, obviously a great quarterback, timing, mechanics, thrower of the football, all that stuff, right? He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Fame guy. But you have to wonder how much in today's NFL, especially where – you, you just you have to play the you have to take what's given to you and Rodgers sometimes didn't want to do that and I think that's one thing I'm excited about with Jordan Love is is I think he's maybe more inclined to take what is, what's given to him he's going to trust the coach is the offensive scheme to get guys open and and go through his progressions and throw it to where he should you know they've talked about the Matt LaFleur offense uh, in its purest form with Jordan Love I guess we have more to see there but anything else on Love that we haven't talked about that that you want to throw out there for our audience before we cut you loose mark yeah well that's the important thing you talked about the the easy throws and i mentioned the basketball analogy before and i don't know if you saw something about joe burrow last week where it talked about you know he he became the master of the easy throws and you know pretty much every play there's somebody open it's just a matter of if a guy can make the right call find the right guy have the vision the poise the toughness in the pocket to see him and find him okay now by the way i got to actually be accurate with the throw and then we got to be on the same page so there's a lot going on in a, a typical nfl play and for jordan it's about i mentioned that last year where he played where he didn't have many layups and he couldn't do that kind of stuff when he was in college so he always had to you know be play hero ball so for him i think for packers fans it's be interesting to see this first game those easy ones he's got to hit. I, I, two two games ago, he had an easy one across the middle where he missed. And I was like, ah, he missed that one. He's got Those are easy ones that he has to hit 80%, 90% of the time. Those mid-range ones, okay, now the percentage goes down. But And then those big-time plays, you know, you can break a team's back with those big-time plays, getting out of pressure, getting on the move, making throws on, on the run where you've seen him do that too. And those are really the back-breaking ones. So I think it'll just be fun to see. The, the, the him putting all of that together we're being consistent with the easy throws and then doing that hero ball stuff that that uh you know only rare few quarterbacks can do in the league i think you might be talking about the crosser to musgrave where he overthrew him yep. in the first preseason game and yep. and mark e and i have joked many times you know how do you overthrow a guy who's six six but yeah and it, yeah. it reminded yeah. it reminds us a little bit of brett Favre where he would throw that first ball into the third row yep get the jitters out and then he would fi- finally kind of settle down. Settle but down. yeah, those are, those are going to be, those are definitely going to be very important for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And um, yeah, we, we, I drafted Donovan McNabb with the Eagles back in 99 and hey, Donovan, he, he was wild too sometimes, but you know, the guy, you know, was a playmaker, the ultimate playmaker and then Eli Manning being with him much of the career was, uh, you know, Mark and I would joke a lot about Eli, and his, but the, the prime Eli was, hey, this guy didn't make mistakes and he was he was efficient and then made big plays when he needed to. And that's that's kind of the mark of all the great. Mark, one more thing before we, we let you go. And thanks again for coming on. You can check Mark out. You're on NFL Network, what, a couple times a week? Yeah, it will be on uh, Wednesdays, Friday, Wednesdays, Fridays, uh, NFL Plus, Total Access. Uh, Sundays will be on uh, Game Day Live. So just check check out my Twitter, uh, IG to check me out at Mark Ross or at Mark Ross Two on IG. Well, one last thing, because last year you, I, I think I I owe you some oysters for this. When next time you come down here, you and your wife mm-hmm. come down, I think I owe you oysters because you you correctly predicted last year an Eagle Super it. Bowl. 
Nailed it in training camp. Yeah, training yeah. camp. Oh, yeah. So I, I got to ask you, so, so who, who's, who's your pick? Well, that, that's coming out on the NFL.com next oh, week, so okay. I can't give you guys a big scoop yet. But When's it coming out? They'll both be in the mix. But let's just say that. I, I, I mean, the Eagles, I think, are clear-cut favorites in the NFC. And in the AFC, of course, you know, the Chiefs are going to be right there. It's just a matter of the ball bouncing the right way here or there for them with a couple other that, teams. You know, that's only happened. It, there's only been a repeat Super Bowl once, ever. Bills, Bills, Cowboys. Bills, Bills Cowboys. Mm-hmm. That's the only time it's ever happened. It's it's tough. It's you know it's tough to repeat. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard. You're one play like away, one injury away. Right. I mean, you just look at you just look at KC what they're going through now with Chris Jones. You know, just that's just just one example of okay, here's your best defensive player, and the guy might not be playing. So. Your team changes as soon as you walk off that field after you win that Lombardi. The team is completely different. Yeah, and and like you said, one injury here that like last year, both teams the ball did bounce. I mean, they, listen, they were the two best teams and they, they deserve to be in the Super Bowl. But the, the for the more for the most part, things went their way. Well, all it takes is a couple things not to go their way. This mm-hmm. year, somebody else sneaks in. No doubt. No Especially doubt. in the AFC, more so Same. in the AFC where right. you got the Bengals and the Bills and the Dolphins. Oh, it's a, it's. it's well, as as the 49ers would say, if Brock Purdy would have played, they would have been in the Super Bowl. And, <laughs> <laughs> but as the Eagles would say, if they had a they had a good field, they would have won the Super Bowl. Right. So who knows? <laughs> exactly. So all right, thanks again, Mark, for, for coming on with us. We we, we really appreciate it. And, uh, sure thing, anytime. Every, every Packer fan listening hopes you're 100 percent right about Jordan Love. <laughs> <laughs> have faith, have faith, Pack. Yeah, thanks so much, Mark. We appreciate you being on with us. Sure thing, sure thing. That was that was a great conversation with Mark. Great insight on Jordan Love, obviously. And you know, thanks, Mark, for for bringing him on. That was fantastic, perfectly timed. I mean, everybody wants the crystal ball to get a look into what Jordan Love's going to be. And now, I guess after listening to him, I I can see where some of you already had the optimism, but I can see where it comes from. Yeah, and like I said, Mark's a guy that. Um, I trust when it comes to quarterback. That, that one, I, I, we we still joke about that one draft so so long ago. But you know, I, I talked to him a lot around. We we talk a lot anyway. But I mean, especially around the draft, and he gives me his his insights. And I got to say, I mean, if 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 I had to look at the last fifty quarterbacks drafted, what his opinion of the fifty were, good you know, good or bad, I'm going to say forty seven out of fifty, he's he's gotten right. Like the ones he thought were going to be good were good. The ones he didn't think were going, and a lot of them were, you know, high picks that he said, no, they're not, you know, like that, like that one draft, like he was like, no, this guy's not going to be good, and he was right about that too. So, yeah, he's when it comes, he's he he was pretty good with all positions, but for whatever reason, quarterback was kind of his, he was the best at, you know. You know, there's probably some Packers fans out there that are like, so you're telling me that Love could be the three out of fifty <laughs> that, that he's wrong about, which well, I'm gonna pl- play. I'll anything's roll. Possible. I'll, I'll roll those dice and assume that. I mean, yeah, listen, we've I'll, all I'll seen. We've we've all seen, and, and spoiler alert, by the way, Jordan Love made the roster. Uh, so you know, for those of you who are listening to this show, Jordan Love he did make the team, so you can rest. So, but, but like I said, but for the most part, the guys that you know, the guys that he said were going to be good turned out to be good, and. He liked Jalen Hurts too in that draft. I, I we should have brought that up, but he like he was, you know, he he didn't think he'd be this good, you know, but he he thought Hurts was with, again, and like he always says, and like I always say, and other scouts have said this, a lot of it is going to the right team, being being on the right team, being in the right situation, and I think Love, like as Market pointed out, I think Love is went to the right situation. You know, he he didn't have to, he, he didn't get forced to play. That you know that ruins quarterbacks a lot too sometimes. I think when a quarterback has to play his first year 
because a lot of them, most of them aren't ready. And I and I see where it looks like Young, Stroud, and Richardson are all going to start, right? Yep. I don't. I'm not sure that's good. That's good for any of them. Well, those Maybe, teams. Yeah. yeah, but all the, I think those teams and, and say for the I don't know the Colts. I think the Colts seem to be very optimistic, which is fine. I think Richardson could be a really good quarterback, but I think those teams kind of have that built-in runway that in their minds they they know that there's a there's not necessarily a guaranteed chance this year that that they're going to light the world on fire although i've had right. some i've had some some people out there tell me they think carolina's got a chance to win the south and i know it's not a strong strong division but that's pretty high praise for for a young quarterback yeah i just again and you know i i covered andy reed his entire tenure in philly and uh, and, he, and he did it again in kansas city you know he had Mark brought up Donovan McNabb, and you know who had a great career with the Eagles. The 1999 Eagles weren't going anywhere. They were coming off the worst season in, in franchise history in, in '98 at three and thirteen. That's how they got the second pick. They would have had the first pick, but Cleveland was an expansion team. So they got the second pick. They they took McNabb. McNabb didn't play as a rookie. Doug Peterson, the coach of the Jaguars, who former Packer Andy brought Doug Peterson from Green Bay. And started them the first 14 games of the season, 13, 14, whatever it was. Donovan didn't start to the last couple games. And then I think he got hurt. So he went, I think he was going to, yeah, he was going to start three and he got hurt in his second start. So he didn't play the last one. So he, you know, he, he eased Donovan and then, and then Donovan started game one in 2000 and the Eagles went to the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes did not play. I don't, I don't believe he played a game his rookie year in Kansas City. He sat the entire year behind Alex Smith. And then started the next year and became Patrick Mahomes. So I, I, to me, there's something to be said for not having. I just think it's good to, for for a young quarterback to sit, watch, learn, and not maybe get your confidence beat up. You know, not 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 get not go through a three and thirteen year or a five and what would be three and fourteen now or five and twelve year, where you know things don't go your your way and bad things happen. I think some quarterback, and again, that's that's part of being mentally tough. But I think sometimes it just they just don't bounce back from that i think i think we've seen it maybe with zach wilson of the jets now he now who knows what's going to happen with him now he's you know aaron Rodgers is there he he his his mental we we, we talked to zach rosenblatt about this a couple weeks ago when, when he was on you know what's wilson's state of mind now he was the number two pick of the draft and you know things aren't looking so great for him they're trey lance i mean the, the niners gave up the world to go up and get him mm-hmm. And now he, they give they give him the Dallas for a fourth round pick. I mean, uh, so yeah, I, I again, you know, I just think it, it worked out pretty well for Jordan Love. I think three years might be pushing it a little much. Uh, obviously, that only work that only happens in Green Bay, where the where your first round quarterback pick sits sits for three years. But I think that's better than having to play day day one when you're not really ready to play day one. And that's why I wanted Mark's take on that because it's still rare to see teams be able to do that and and make all of your comparisons to Rodgers and and there were a lot of fans that, that kind of chastised the Packers for you draft moved up to draft this guy and you met him sit for three years but I think the product that's going to take the field next week and beyond in Chicago for this season is all the, all the better for it because if Jordan Love right. had to play I'll tell you right now if he had to play right away in 2020, let's just take COVID out of the equation. I still think you want to talk about learning curve and, and bumps and bruises. Like we would have had to go through a lot. He's much, he's a much more chiseled finished product who is going to lead this, this offense. And as far as, uh, so, you know, we're recording this a little bit early this week so we could get Mark on. So it's, it's Tuesday instead of our usual Wednesday 
So the news cycle, as far as the roster moves, is still in its infancy at this point. So by the time you're listening to this, a a lot has happened. But uh, in the few things that have come out so far early on, Mark, and again, you prefaced it at the beginning of the show, things are going to change. Things already have changed by now. But did anything stand? Has anything stood out to you so far? Um, Not there's only a couple of surprises. I, I, you know, I did my 53. I got 49 out of 53. Really, really 50 because I think by now the Packers obviously have a long snapper back on their roster. They're not going to go without a long snapper. So that was a, a procedural move. I yep. think Luke Tanuta will wind up on injured, re, injured reserve. So, and the, the long snapper will be back. So that's really 50. So a little surprised, but not shocked that Emmanuel Wilson made it over Patrick Taylor. I, I kind of talked myself into they're going to keep Taylor because he's better on special teams and he's a third guy and he's more experienced. And I, and I, you know, I, I, I heard Matt LaFleur's quote about Emmanuel Wilson where, you know, he, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he said, you know, yeah, he ran well. He, he did some nice things, but there's still a lot for him to learn, a lot for him to work on. That sounded to me like, you know, you, you, you go on the practice squad and that's where you learn those things. But they kept my guess there is they, they may have known that, not, that another team liked Wilson and may have snapped him up if, if they did wave him. That they wouldn't have gotten into the practice squad. Maybe. That's what I was going to say. Is it teams seems? Know what other teams think. Yeah, seems seems to me like they got now, and we talked about it and said, listen, most of these, uh, there's 31 other teams that have their own 20 bottom of the roster guys that they already like that they brought into right. camp. It's not like they're sitting there pining for the Packers to cut their players so that everyone can add for a Green Bay Packers cutdowns, right? So, right. but there are a few, and and it looks like Wilson may have been one of them. And, and in, with the running back world and market being what it is, if a guy can run the football and he can play well, then that's that's a huge value to a team because they're looking for that young talent and, and talent that also isn't going to break the bank. Interestingly enough, Mark, I don't know what your take is, just real quickly. It doesn't have anything to do with the Packers, but the Colts and the handling of Jonathan Taylor, they weren't able to get a trade done for him, and now he's starting the season on pump this just seems like the kind of thing if you're a fan you're just gnashing teeth and beating your head against the wall yeah that's that's a strange that whole thing's strange there was a lot of strange moves around the league patriots only kept one quarterback mm-hmm. now granted they're going to do something they're not going to go into the season with just mac jones but zappy was a guy that i don't know i i thought he took he the packers to overtime last year yeah and then played okay against them in preseason i mean maybe that's maybe that's all i've seen him is against the packers so maybe the bears ought to sign him um, but, but I, yeah, so, I mean, they're going to do something there, but I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, I guess they're, I don't know what they're doing. They, they're, there's gotta be a guy that they have in mind that they're going to bring in, but I don't know who, um, Will Greer, maybe, I don't know, but back to the Packers and, and their moves. So the, the Wilson Taylor thing was the one I, I didn't, I thought they would keep Taylor, but they didn't. Um, I didn't know, I didn't realize and not being there as part of it, how that Tavarius Moore was that hurt that they put him on season ending injured reserve. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't, I thought it was a minor injury that, you know, I, I wasn't, I don't think, I don't think most people were that aware that it was that serious. That yeah. That, I wondered, I wondered about that one too. That's, that's a bummer for them. I think he could have been some helpful depth back there, yeah. but alas, bummer he, for him too. I mean, yeah. it's a shame that this is two years, two of the last four years or three years, whatever it is that he's going to miss the season. Yeah. Shame for the kid, you know, so that was one. And then, I'm I'm kicking myself on this one because I didn't think Grant I didn't think they were going to keep seven wide receivers I really didn't I thought that's just too many right I figured they would keep six and I thought Grant DeBose would be the guy to go he you know he missed so much of the off season 
he did come back and play a little bit in the in the last last two preseason games, but he he still missed a lot of important time. I thought so. I thought you know they could they could get him to the practice squad. And then I got from talking to other people and reading other people. I said I I took the bait that now nah, they're not he, you know Goody doesn't doesn't like to cut draft picks and they'll keep seven receivers and and they didn't. They kept six. So um, as far as the interior, well, the interior offensive line, I think a lot of people were surprised not Sean Ryan being kept because he's third round and they they kept him for another chance to make good on that high draft pick. But Royce Newman is on the 53, at least as of recording time, he's on the 53 as an interior offensive lineman. And he has had certainly his struggles, but you made the point a couple shows ago where it was like, Hey, don't forget. He also was a starter on a 13 win team. So the Packers obviously like that depth there. Yeah. And I still think, like I said, when we started to show that moves could be made between now and opening day and at soldier field, Newman could be one of those moves. I mean, as, as teams now sort out what they have and what they don't have, there may be a team that thinks Royce Newman could help them more than he's going to help the Packers. And if they're willing to give, you now Goody has made trades like this almost every year, right? He, he, he traded Cole Van Lannan for a late pick. He traded, Kadar Holman, there's more. I, I can't think of all the time. They're, they're the two, two most most recent. So it wouldn't shock me if 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 they have something else in mind. Now, they, they only kept three tight ends, and one, Josiah DeGuara, is a you know, hybrid fullback yeah. tight end. He's, he's not really a pure tight end. He's still listed as, as a fullback on the on their depth chart. So with that said, they, they only have if, – if you're not counting him as a tight end, they only have two tight ends, and they're both rookies. So I got to think the Packers again, like you said, we're we're doing this Tuesday night, so it may have already happened by the time you're, you're listening to this. But I'm sure they're looking at every tight end that was was released, and there was there was more than a handful that they may want to bring in. They may have put some claims in and waiting to see if they if they get the guy that that that, that they claim or or again maybe there's a team with a with an extra tight end that needs a guard and you flip Royce Newman for a tight end. I mean, there's going to be some moves. I I'll be I'll be shocked if the 53 men that were on the Packers roster as of 4 4 p.m. Tuesday are the same 53 that that are on the roster September 10th when they play the Bears. Yeah. Well, either way, the march towards week 1 is on and the Packers will refine the roster and and get get their group of players set how they how they want it and off we go so we've we've gotten through another preseason and we'll we'll now see what what the Packers end up doing here Mark it's our fifth fifth preseason together hard to believe it is it's our fifth yeah it's our fifth preseason together first one obviously with Jordan Love so with regards to the to the season starting coming up uh and it's a little earlier in the week right now but what is obviously the usual questions what's up at Packer Report what's coming up and then what can we expect uh, this season as far as what you'll be working on well, what's up now is my my fifty three man picks, which I like I said I got forty nine out of fifty three, uh, which isn't bad considering really fifty because like I said the longs I didn't count on them cutting both long snappers to save a run. Right. You know, I didn't, you know who, who knew that. And then coming up, I I'm, I I I think this I think this is an interesting story. I hope I hope my, my readers do. I rank the quarterbacks the Packers play this year from Patrick Mahomes to whoever I have last, and just you know a little bit about them and what they've done. In, in the past against the Packers and just, you know, just a little ranking of what this, what the defense will be, what, what they'll be going against over the next 17 weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And then over on quick slants podcast coming up on Monday is my annual season preview. I had my good friend, Jake Westendorf on, and we previewed the Packers schedule went game by game, talked about the NFC AFC results and who we think is going to win it all. So get over there and check that out on Monday. That'll come out. And then we're 
we're in the week of practice for the prep coming up for week one. So excited for uh, that to go down and for our next show, uh, that'll be our first, our first of uh, 17 or 18 weeks of, of game coverage. So very much looking, very much looking forward to that. And, and hopefully we can have, uh, have some more fun and, and enjoy breaking everything else down. But thanks everybody for tuning into this edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I want to thank Mark Ross again for coming on. That was a great conversation about Jordan Love. Definitely go back and listen to it again if, if you missed anything, because those were some excellent nuggets. Hope everybody's week is off to a, a good start. Weekend's coming up. Everyone take care of yourself. And as always, go Pack Go. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.